0: You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions of that the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore. And, Jackson, what a game. Are you still still alive after that, uh, I I, I don't know, uh, uh, cardiac arrest kind of a game going on there? (laughs)
1: Yeah, man, that was stressful and exciting, and if uh, the game didn't take me out, man, when we left the Rose Bowl at like 3 a.m. after (laughs) all our stories, there were two coyotes that gave a run at me in the parking lot, (laughs) 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 so it was uh, quite a night, and it's funny because um, we were in uh, Sam Boyd Stadium a couple years back hearing coyotes uh, well after the game ended out there in the desert, (laughs) and they were actually right there in the Rose Bowl, so... Uh, That was a little scary. But more importantly, I mean, man, what a game. Fresno State pulled it off. It looked like uh, they're late that they had uh, let it slip through their fingers almost. And, man, for them to come back and and retake that lead and win the game there at the end, that was just incredible.
0: Now, it wasn't one of those games where the Bulldogs were were just trying to fight them way back in it. They pretty much controlled that game uh, against UCLA. So they pretty much... They they had it figured out for the most part. Um, it's just it looked like uh, towards the end they were starting to kind of run out of out of steam there for a little bit because if you think about it, just from the sheer aspect of how many plays the Fresno State offense, uh, you know, did during that game, was just unimaginable, right, Jackson? I, it just seemed like they kind of started to run out of steam there towards the end.
1: Yeah, you know when the, the Bulldogs had the lead there. Uh, they were up by nine with the ball, nine yards away from the end zone. And they were at, uh, with about a little over nine minutes left in the game. And they had a chance to punch it in there. And, and the Bulldogs score a touchdown right there. It's over. I mean, you know, the UCLA fans all hit the exits with a bunch of time still on the clock. I mean, that's how dominant Fresno State really was for most of this game. Uh, they were winning just about every stat. They had the time of possession where... The offense was out there for a long time and it almost got to be too much. Where, you know, Hayner started taking some hits and they started accumulating there at the end. But uh, that fumbled snap that put the ball back in UCLA's hands changed things instantly. You know, another fumble on Presley's very next play, and all of a sudden the Bulldogs go from about to cap off the game to being behind in about 90 seconds of game time. That was just. Gut wrenching to see that happen, and you know to to lose that lead in a similar way as the Oregon game, and you know it just felt like watching the team exit the field, both offense and defense, after some of those plays that, as great as they had played, suddenly they were felt like they were kind of gassed at a moment where they really needed to muster up some energy and retake the lead, or, or this game was going to get away from them, and something sparked back in them. I mean, the defense gave up a couple of scores there late after a fine, fine performance in the first three quarters, but the offense was able uh, to just get it together and put back-to-back scoring drives in a really short amount of time to to pull this one off. Hats off to Jake Hayner for one of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen as a Bulldog. Um, Eric Brooks, uh, a former walk-on who catches his very first touchdown and uh, a go-ahead score and then Jalen Cropper for the game winner there it was just a a wild ending but it, it really didn't do the Bulldogs the service they deserved for the way that they controlled this game for three quarters I mean they they did everything executed the game plan to perfection they did everything to put this game away early and critical mistakes almost cost them the game but Man, credit to them for finding the energy and the uh, emotional fortitude to not let that hurt them and and take them out of this game. They bounced right back and and put on a heck of a performance to re-win the game.
0: Now, in the past, the Bulldogs, uh, when they were met with that... same type of situation where they've pretty much controlled the whole game from uh, beginning till the end and then they lose a uh, give up a late score uh, to to only go down usually in the past the Bulldogs were just just collapsed Um, but that wasn't the case in this game Um, and it just seems like this team just did not want to give up. They they went into this uh, into this UCLA game knowing that they had la- they've won the last 3 games against UCLA and they were looking to make it number 4 and it just seems like they were just determined to make it happen, even though the offense was exhausted. Because uh, you know, you you and I heard Cropper at the end in the post game interview. He even said, "I'll be honest with you, I was exhausted, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I still was able to make that play." Is is this a turning point that you see with these Bulldogs as as they uh, seem like they're they're a team on the mission this season?
1: Yeah, you know, there's. It seems like more often than not in these scenarios, uh, unfortunately, it, it feels like these games have been the kind of heartbreakers for the Fresno State program. And you just look back a couple of weeks to Oregon, where, you know, if the Bulldogs don't turn the ball over three times, they have a massive upset. Um, you know, especially in the Pat Hill years, uh, after the 0 1 run, there were just a lot of close calls where they were almost. <laughs> they almost had those special upsets again but a lot of them felt just a little bit short um and so for a scenario where it looked like disaster was about to strike again and this team rose up to the occasion and and corrected the mistake that was really special and it's um i mean you could it would be hard to blame a team for crumbling in that scenario too and it just felt so much like 2019 when the Bulldogs lost to USC of Minnesota in almost exact same fashion with the interceptions, uh, different kind of turnovers in these two games. But the Bulldogs got a chance to redeem themselves, and they made the most of it. And for an offense that was on the field for 40 minutes, of this game with time of possession, uh, that was no easy task at all. And Mike, uh, UCLA head coach Chip Kelly said when he was asked, do you think you gave up those scores because you were tired? He said, "Well, Fresno State's offense was out there the same amount of time as our defense, and that quarterback was you know, barely moving by those last two drives. So uh, it, it goes both ways, and certainly for Fresno State's offense, as tired as they were, they pulled it off. Um, you know, I think UCLA respected Fresno State's receivers so much they gave them a lot of cushion as a line of scrimmage, and the Bulldogs took advantage of it all night. And really, the unsung the unsung heroes are, are the O line because." So Ronnie Rivers hadn't run the ball a whole lot well this year in terms of a you know, big rushing yardage from week to week. And this game, he went for well over 100 yards for the first time on the ground against one of the better defensive fronts they've seen all season. Um, so uh, the O-line really set the tone up front early and for the most part protected Jake pretty well uh, right there until the end. So really just an all-around offensive performance, and they needed every single one of those players and every single one of those plays. To pull it off there uh, over the course of sixty minutes and, and take back the lead with the final seconds on the clock.
0: Yeah, it just seemed like the. Uh, it, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head when you said that they were giving the Bulldogs a lot of respect. Uh, the wide receivers, uh, Jalen Cropper, came away with, uh, I believe, about one hundred and forty-five yards on the night, um, and he was basically the go-to guy uh, for for Hayner. And no matter what, it just did not seem that they were able to stop um, Cropper. And once he got into open space, he made them pay for it several times. Um, And it's it. I I think it was. uh, I don't know. Was I was it this game against UCLA when Cropper uh, was injured back a few years ago? Jackson, or was that against someone else?
1: Yeah, so Cropper, it's a really interesting story. Uh, Cropper was at the Bulldog UCLA game in the 2018, but he was a high school senior uh, on the sideline as a UCLA recruit. And so, um, this was, I mean, he could have been a Bruin, <laughs> potentially, but watching Fresno State win that game uh, was another one of the, the big keys to Fresno State putting together a pitch to, to make him a Bulldog. Um, yeah, Cropper... He's remained pretty healthy, but his freshman year, there were some concerns. Um, He got the ball in open space quite a bit and got dinged up a little bit here and there. But um, these last two seasons, especially now, he's put on a pretty good amount of weight. And so it's been less of a concern, I think, this season uh, because he has really looked up in the the weight room. He he doesn't look like a high schooler the way he did his freshman year. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, he he looks like uh, a, a prototypical wide receiver now. That uh, I mean, he is he's fun to watch. Uh, when he gets into that open space, he, he puts a move on and, and and just gains more yardage. But it seemed like this game, um, he 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 went out there and, and proved something to UCLA that uh, he was the player that they all thought he was before making the jump over to uh, Fresno State. So I I, I think that kind of opened up a lot of eyes watching Cropper against them. And they were just giving him, in my opinion, they were giving him way too much space. <laughs> it, he was, uh, no matter where he went, it seemed like the, the defender was at least five yards off of him, giving him a chance to, to catch the ball. I, I mean, did you see the same thing? He just, it seemed like they are giving him way too much of a cushion. Even though Cropper has... An uh, an amazing talent. You don't give a guy like that too much space, Jackson.
1: Yeah, that was one of the biggest criticisms the UCLA media had in this game. Um, talking to Coach Chip Kelly afterwards, and uh, Kelly even mentioned that next week they're they're going to plan on moving their defensive backs a little closer to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, but part of it is uh, just how how talented Fresno State's receivers are, and how. You know, if you get beat deep, I mean that's <laughs> that's a concern, and one easy way to to try to defend that is to back your guys up a little bit. Um, but the the Bulldogs didn't really have too many of the home run plays or, or passes. Or, or, or I mean, on either side, they they just really had a lot of good sustained drives, and they they hit the scores in the red zone when they needed to. And um, you know, the Bulldogs defense was kind of a different, the, the opposite approach where they loaded the box and uh, relied on their defensive backs to play one-on-one coverage on the other side. And uh, for the most part, Fresno state just totally took out UCLA's running game and gave up a couple of big passes, but uh, clearly not enough to where the Bruins were able to uh, go ahead of the dogs because of it.
0: Now, I mean, it's safe to say that for the Bulldogs, the man of the match is Jake Hayner. Um, and he is getting a lot of play on social media and, uh, and uh, on the local news and and national news everywhere uh, for his performance that he had against uh, uh, UCLA, uh, just you know for the sheer fact that he got hit over and over, and at one point didn't seem like he was going to be able to walk. At one point, um, and then kept making pass after pass, even though it hurt him so much. Uh, there, Jackson, what 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 is the latest news on, on Hainer and his, his condition? Uh, because, you know, we saw what he was going through and it, it just looked like he was in a lot of pain.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Monday coach the board said he's, He didn't get too specific, but he said that he thought uh, Jake Gaynor would be fine, quote-unquote, fine is the word he used. um, (laughs) Just keep it under hat. (laughs) Yeah, the media tried to press him for kind of a specific, if it was a certain injury or, you know, what was going on. And uh, DeBoer seemed to think it was a little more about um, just the accumulation of hits and and bumps and bruises rather than any specific uh, ailment or, you know, you know, Usually, if you're talking about a, an ankle, you'd have a sprained ankle. they say, no, there's no, nothing like that. Um, it's just uh, a lot of wear and tear. But he said, if there is something that's in that hip area, as we saw Jake was really grabbing, leaning towards that hip late in the game and was having a tough time moving. Uh, then the opposite coordinator, Ryan Grubb, mentioned that uh, <laughs> he gave an interesting quote on Monday, too. He said, since Jake's mom is in the media, he might have a bit of a flair for the theatrics because he he said it was noticeable that after Jake's uh, dramatic, um, you know, playing through pain on the field and and barely moving a couple of minutes later, he's uh, chest bumping people on the sideline after the commercial started. So (laughs) maybe maybe he was a little uh, better than often than he led people to think. But uh, I was out at practice this week as well. And, he's in pads he's playing he's practicing I think they're being very delicate with him and um and, and being very cautious but he's doing all the stuff that all the other quarterbacks are doing it doesn't look like he's hindered in any way but I would imagine uh, as quickly as they can get him off the field against UNLV the Bulldogs are 30 point favorites they should be able to get a lead fairly early uh, I would imagine they uh, get him out of the game as soon as possible and and rest him up a little bit for Hawaii.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's going to be one of those where they're going to have to watch and see uh, just to kind of keep him limited this week until game time. Um, You know, (laughs) part of me was thinking there's a little bit of sportsmanship going on here. You know, if they think he's hurt, they're going to keep coming (laughs) after him um, opening up more plays. And uh, that could have very well been the, the case, but who knows, right? We're not in their heads right now, <laughs> so that is one for uh, for everyone to speculate. But uh, we did, I did catch a clip of what Hayner said after the game when some of the media caught up to him, and this is this is what Jake had to say. I don't know how I feel. My body hurts so bad. Oh, oh.
1: what just happened? That oh, was insane. We tried to give him every chance to win, and then we just find a way. I love this team. I love the valley. Oh my god!
0: So, so that, that was that was Jake after the game when some of the media caught up to him, and it just he was beside himself after what had happened with Fresno State. Uh, you know, making that last minute drive uh, to pull out the win and uh, and shock all of the stadium uh, the way that they did, moving the balls as quickly as they did. And, um, you know, kind of a stunner there for the the UCLA fan, right, Uh, Jackson? I mean, we started looking around, and we saw a lot of arms up above their head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Trying to figure out what was going on. What was your reaction when you saw uh, Cropper going in? Uh, The first thing I did was I'm in front of the student section. I turned around and looked at the students.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, well, Lucio, uh, a funny story about that quote real quick first. Uh, I practiced on Tuesday. Uh, the mayor came out and gave a proclamation to the team uh, for Fresno State football and Jake Hayner week for the city of Fresno to celebrate their victory. I, I've never seen anything quite like that. Um, and as they were presenting the proclamation to Jake Hayner, a bunch of the players yell out, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that clip you played is, uh, grabbed a hold of the team there. There's a little bit of a, an inside joke with the guys on that one. Uh, but man, you know the interesting thing about those two touchdowns I was in the back of the end zone uh taking my pictures, and it 's one of those things now that you've come accustomed to with sports, so where if anything 's close, you know you kind of have to wait and make sure that uh, a play clears reviews and uh, it it wasn 't close in on t v or in reality, but from my angle, you know when you see someone catch the ball next to a pylon. You, know, you know, And you never know if those feet are inbounds or if you cross the plane and all that. So, And it happened on both of the last two touchdowns. Derek Brooks and Jalen Cropper both catch the ball the exact same spot. So, you know, I'm, both of those plays, I'm keeping a little bit level ahead and making sure that those were actually touchdowns <laughs> from my angle because it was a little hard to tell from my specific vantage point. And on that side of the field, you know, you're so far away from the Bulldog fans that, it's not quite as loud as when you're on the other side, of course, so it's hard to tell their reaction as well. So the, I was, to be honest, at the, the moment of those scores, I wasn't 100% sure if they were actually scores or not. Um, but, man, it was it was just eerily similar how similar those two scores were. If UCLA would have just stood someone there next to that pylon, the Bulldogs <laughs> would have had trouble scoring on either of those yeah, plays. But. Yeah, it would have been a different story.
0: It would have been a complete yeah. different story. They, they, Like we said earlier, they gave way too much space, and it was the play was pretty much identical on, on both of those uh, to, to let them go in and score. And, and like you said, those two plays were the most reviewed plays on my camera, uh, to make sure it was in, and I had a great shot, a vantage point of it, and I was like, yeah, that that's a score on both of those. Uh, it was it was uncontested. It was easy. They, uh, Cropper on his the the last one, he pretty much walked in untouched. I mean, the the, mm-hmm. the player did not even touch him. That's how that's how much space they gave him, and how much respect they gave Cropper. And uh, you know if. A lot of people are saying now that was a huge mistake, (laughs) 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 giving Cropper that much space and and uh, and and Hainer that basically that much time, even though he was under uh, a lot of duress on that particular play. There was no one near uh, Hainer uh, when he made that pass. So he was able to get that uh, that shot in there like a dart. So but, you know, everyone took notice of this game. I mean, everyone, Um, even though it was a late game on the East Coast, um, a lot of people went back and replayed this game just to see what it was all about. And uh, the media is taking hold of it. And of course, the media decided, uh, why not uh, poke a shot at one of uh, Fresno State's former players, uh, one by the name of, of Derek Carr? I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with him, right, Jackson? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so so they they tried to poke him a little bit and see what his thoughts was on on UCLA, and well, Derek didn't hesitate to kind of turn it into a kind of a recruiting video for uh, for Fresno State, and it's gone viral on Twitter. And I pulled a clip from it, and and this is what uh, Derek had to say. First, wait, First of all, I feel like Fresno State is like the best team in California. You <laughs> knew you were going to do it. Fresno State—they got like if you're a kid and you want to go play uh, college football in California, I'd pick. I mean, what we beat UCLA four times in a row. How are we not in the Pac-12? And so, Derek Carr putting in his plug for Fresno State to join the Pac-12. <laughs> 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 what were you, what's your thoughts on that? When when Derek decided to to, to make that that in one of his post-game press conferences to, to to just make it known to everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's so cool that Derek does that. And you obviously know how much pride and, and you know, love he has for the program still, even though he's several years removed in the NFL. But with his family's legacy, of course, that's never going to go away. And it's really important for Fresno State potentially down the line because he's making some big NFL contracts and maybe – some of that money will make its way to the, the football program when it's all said and done. But um, I mean, even his connection with Valley children's has uh, become a big deal with the stadium, right? I, I don't think that happens uh, unless it's for the cars, but uh, with this specific quote, I mean, yeah, that's really cool. And you know, I don't think Fresno state's going to get that PAC 12 invite anytime, but it doesn't hurt <laughs> to have a big face in uh, national sports media uh, as one of the players, one of the stars to, be thumping their chest a little bit that fresno state continues to win these kinds of games um i mean again as you mentioned four straight wins over ucla bulldogs have gone to the rose bowl and won three times and that's what makes this thing even harder i think the, the mountain west has won uh, five out of their ten uh, games against the pac-12 this season and they only got one home game out of the bunch so i mean that's another thing when you think about how close the bulldogs came beating Oregon. I mean, what if Bulldogs got one of these games at home? It would would be no contest. You talked about how difficult it is to play on the road against these teams, and it's just another one of the ways that the the odds are stacked in favor of these bigger schools, but Fresno State keeps finding a way to win these games, and as a lot of the players said afterwards, beating UCLA has become an expectation uh, after the, the players before them have done it. But this UCLA team was very different, and You know, LSU, the team they beat to get into the top 25, I don't think is quite as good as they were ranked. But I think the Bruins are for real. And I think the uh, Pac-12 South is not its strongest. There's a good chance UCLA is going to compete there. And uh, I think they have uh, a lot of key pieces in their team to do it. So we'll see how the Bruins move forward. But, man, a huge win for the Bulldogs. And this one was a much taller task than the, the previous UCLA games.
0: Now, uh, the Bulldogs they you know they're they're riding high in this one uh coming off of this game. Uh and not only did did this was this game a very important one for them, but it, now it catapulted them into the top 25. Not only um in the uh the media poll but also the coaches poll. So both polls the Fresno State Bulldogs are in there uh into the top 25. And they're now starting to get. Uh, they're now in the conversation as the one of the best teams in the group of five. What does that mean for the Bulldogs moving forward to to make sure that they keep that momentum going, Jackson?
1: Yeah. Well, now the Bulldogs have entered the the game behind the game when it comes to the group of five schools because the top ranked group of five school gets an automatic bid uh, to a New Year six uh, bowl game. Uh, one of the big ones and now fresno state is third in line and so that's going to be something that becomes a weekly storyline because uh, obviously if the bulldogs keep moving their way up the top 25 and those other two teams fall a little bit they'll be in one of those big bowl games that fresno state fans have been dreaming about ever since fat hill got the the bcs buster mantra going Um, i think as far as the top 25 goes uh, it was a tough one that the bulldogs played so late I'll tell you, I was in my hotel, still working at, at four in the morning when the the uh, East Coast seven AM Sports Center came on, and the story of while you were asleep, lead story on Sports Center was about three minutes worth of Fresno State UCLA highlights. So they wanted to <laughs> they wanted to make sure the East Coast saw that game right and early for those that couldn't stay up for it. And uh, the Bulldogs did get a lot of publicity there, but. I do imagine a lot of voters uh, didn't get a good chance to figure out what happened there. And it's a close score. You know, if the Bulldogs had finished off the game a little earlier in the fourth quarter, like we were talking about, it might've looked a little more uh, imposing (laughs) for voters, but I think the Bulldogs are going to um, continue to climb pretty quickly now that they're getting so much publicity that didn't factor in to Sunday's polls. I mean, even the coaches poll, the Bulldogs are ranked one spot behind UCLA, which is, a uh, big head-scratcher for Red Wavers, as it should be. Um, in the AP poll, the Bulldogs are number 22. Uh, at the end of the day, it's tough for a group of five school, even you know, even though it's Oregon, you see a Fresno State with a one loss and ahead of some power five schools that are undefeated, and those big schools are going to cry about it. But <laughs> I think the resume is there for Fresno State, and it's only going to look stronger week after week. So uh, the Bulldogs do have um, – some winnable games for well, they're all gonna be winnable, but uh they should be pretty decent favorites for the next three games and I think they could see that ranking climb uh, quite a bit, leading into the heart of Mountain West Play when they played some Boise States and San Diego States and Nevadas there in late October and no, early November. And and right now
0: the uh one of the teams that are the biggest fan of, of Fresno State is um is Oregon themselves—they're the ones right now uh, cheering on the Bulldogs uh, to make sure that they um, continue to win, so that uh, they can continue to stay at the top and and vie for a national championship. So Oregon is keeping an eye on on Fresno State as well and hoping that uh, the Bulldogs can can continue uh, their climb up the top twenty-five to to help further their. Their ability to to challenge for that, that uh, national championship um, is, you know, are the Bulldogs ready for this, Jackson? I mean, there's a lot of eyes now poised on Fresno State um, to see what they can do moving forward. And, you know, a Friday night game is going to help the Bulldogs, um, especially, you know, this week coming off of a, a, a big game that they just played. Playing on a Friday night gives the chance for the media to kind of see the Bulldogs a, a, a little bit earlier than before, than right before voting. <laughs> <laughs> so that should help the situation. So the Bulldogs need to come out against this this uh, UNLV UNLV team and leave no doubt on the field. Is that what I'm picking up, Jackson?
1: Yeah, and I mean UNLV not shouldn't be a challenge, but. The circumstances around this game should be a challenge for Fresno State. Uh, I think the correct phrasing to use here is that Fresno State has not been busier all season long with as little as amount of time to prepare for this game as they've got. You look at the UCLA game that uh, took about till midnight to finish, and uh, you got the Bulldogs. To- running into the crowd, the crowd running onto the field, a couple fans getting tackled <laughs> security. security. That was fun. Man, that, that was just pandemonium there uh, with the heck of a celebration. All the emotions you see, guys like Alex Akinbulu bulu just in tears for winning that game against his former team and uh, the coaches. I mean, everyone that was like celebrating the Super Bowl, man, they were so excited. And, and now you've got to kind of get into gear <laughs> back for a, another conference game, a conference opener. But, I mean, from what I heard, you know, Kalen DeBoer and Jay Kaner were having to take phone calls all day, Sunday into Monday from national media. So many requests came into the program. Uh, to, And it's one of those opportunities where you have to really strike and take advantage of your Fresno State to get more publicity around the program and maybe I mean that could even help your case in the top 25 the more people that, that catch attention to that and like on Monday during DeBoer's press conference usually we ask about the opponent and he was frank with us that you know, he hadn't really had a chance to watch much film yet and on top of that they had to get him out of there early for more interviews <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that that was the, you can tell everything feels a little busier a little more rushed you know practice uh, on Tuesday was more media than normal and just really an energy and excitement the mayor coming out there giving that proclamation uh, there's a lot of reason for fresno state to be kind of big-headed here and and overlook the unlv a little bit and be frankly underprepared on the short week not that they're not trying there's just literally less one less day to get ready for the game and it's never easy to do that but unlv has the same deal with six games i'm sure they're not getting many interview requests that 0 oh, and three. <laughs> they are. They do have one less day, and they do have to travel. So it's not like they are spending, you know, their two weeks to prepare coming off a bye or anything. They're going to be a little rushed as well. Um, I think the just the main thing that's going to decide for Fresno State if this is a, a blowout or lingers into the second half is just Jake Hayner's health. You know, if, if he's got to be out there on the field first of all, and he's got to be healthy enough to make the big plays that the passing game is capable of. If that's the case, Fresno State should run away with it pretty quick. So, If not, and if he's struggling a little bit or if, you know, one of the freshman quarterbacks have to lead the show a little more than expected, uh, you have to imagine the offense is going to take a hit. Uh, they should still be head and shoulders better, but probably it'll take a little bit longer to accumulate that lead to where it feels pretty lopsided. So, uh, It's going to be Interesting, I think, more than anything, uh, the health and just the overall attitude and composure of the team to handle all this. Uh, I, I think UNLV is the perfect opponent here because if the Bulldogs were playing just about anyone else in the conference, I think there would be legitimate concern for a letdown game based on what I'm seeing and all the uh, just the circus that <laughs> that's going around the program right now. Uh, but this is just perfect for the Bulldogs to get an opponent. They should not have trouble beating and then kind of reset re gear and get ready for that trip to Hawaii because the rainbow warriors are not the best team in the conference, but they are capable of winning that game and the Bulldogs need to be 100% locked in to go on the Island to get that victory.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be, it's after what the Bulldogs are going through this week. Um, I hope they're ready. (laughs) It's going to be, it it is, it is going to be uh, now moving forward. Every single game, Bulldogs are going to get their best shot from anyone they face. And we all know that uh, if, if from history back, uh, back when the Bulldogs were highly ranked and, and Boise State came to town and no one knew who the hell Boise State was at that time. Um, and we all know how that ended. So right now the Bulldogs need to make sure that they keep things uh, keep things grounded and make sure that they're ready and, and set to go on every single game moving forward um, for for the season. Now you mentioned a lot of uh, media hype, a lot of things going on around the, the Bulldogs right now and Jake Hayner. Uh, you know, here's here's a question for you. Here's the curveball for for the podcast because I always like to throw one out at you, Jackson. Um, Jake Hayner, any talks of Heisman?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly saw some tweets from teammates and some people, and you know, Hayner for Heisman has a little bit of a ring to it with the H's <laughs> there. Uh, you know, even at the uh, the proclamation, the practice for Fresno State and Hayner were awarded by the city the team chanted Hayner, Hayner. <laughs> <laughs> he got that. So, I mean, he's got all the attention on him right now. And uh, obviously the the images of that UCLA game are uh, not going to be forgotten, both locally and nationally, the way that he led that victory. I mean, all the national fun that they're talking about, not just the Bulldogs winning that game, but the way Jake Hayner uh, led it. Um, so I would say, it's probably not likely a Fresno State quarterback is going to win a Heisman Trophy anytime soon. If Derek couldn't uh, with the numbers that he put up. But I will say that if the Bulldogs can continue winning, if they can be 11-1, and one, talking 12-1 and one after a Mountain West championship, you would think they would be have to be close, if not in the top 10. And if Hayner is continuing on this pace that he's on now, he's going to be one of the top statistical quarterbacks in the nation and i think i believe that would be enough to get him to new york perhaps uh and be a part of that discussion and be in that uh be in the room when the heisman is presented to uh the alabama player who wins it or <laughs> you know, whoever's the <laughs> number 1 uh but yeah the, i mean that's there's a lot of dominoes that got to fall the bulldogs have to run through the rest of the schedule and beat some pretty good conference opponents and it would be perfect the rest of the way for something like that to happen. But I think it's legitimately in the picture uh, just for him to be in that discussion and maybe make it as a finalist if the Bulldogs continue. Because the numbers he's putting up are insane. He's way ahead of Derek Carr first four games in 2013. And Carr had uh, 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns his senior year. And Hayner, if he gets to the Mountain West Championship, is going to have one more game than Derek had. Uh, so, I mean, there's a big opportunity for him to really ride this thing. If the Bulldogs keep winning, uh, if the Bulldogs fall, there's no way a two-loss Mountain West team is going to get that publicity. But in eleven and one or twelve and one after a championship Bulldog team that only lost to Oregon <laughs> is going to be is going to have some major hype, and he's going to be the face of it.
0: Yeah, and 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 if I'm not mistaken, I think Derek had a weapon that uh, that Jake didn't uh, doesn't right now, and that that was Devonte Adams back then, right? <laughs> uh, I, yeah,
1: you know, uh, there's not a, the Devonte Adams quite, but man, Jalen Cropper and Josh Kelly, especially, sure deserve a lot of credit. Kelly reminds me a bit of Adams. He's not quite the uh, elite athlete. I mean, he's he's very, very, very close. I don't want to say anything bad about Josh Kelly because he's looking fantastic, but Devontae Adams is obviously uh, very rare. Um, I think Kelly's not far behind. Uh, He has a lot of the same attributes. Uh, He does have that fade end zone catch that Devontae Adams made so well over the years at Fresno State. The Bulldogs haven't gone to that a lot, but he has a... I mean, you saw it on the sideline catch there late in the game that set up one of the touchdowns. He can make some incredible catches, and then when I watch Jalen Cropper, I think a lot about Bernard Barry and so those wow. kind of those long legs and just speed and the way that he moves with the ball in his hands. And um, I mean, Cropper has really, really improved just as a pure receiver as well, running routes and getting open and catching the ball on top of his ability to do stuff with it when it's already in his hands. So that one-two punch, you know, they may not be. Uh, it's hard to tell right now. They might not be. As good as those two names I mentioned, but they're about as close as as Fresno State could hope for. And uh, by the time they wrap up their Bulldog career and probably go to the NFL, uh, they may be at the same type of discussion.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. These guys are these guys are 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 very hard to to keep up with. We we all saw what UCLA was trying to do and giving them cushion. And uh, it's kind of pick your poison. You know, take the take the space away have them beat you one-on-one or give them too much space and have them beat you right in front of you. (laughs) So um, it's just, it's one of those that uh, uh, that defenses have to figure out moving forward when they're facing the Fresno state uh, receiving core. Um, Now, We're getting late into the podcast, and we haven't even touched upon UNLV yet, Jackson. (laughs) So uh, I guess we should kind of cover them a little bit before Friday night's game. Uh, So you got UNLV coming in, uh, like you said, 0-3, I believe, against a red-hot Fresno State uh, team. How is this offense going to match up against UNLV's defense let's go ahead and just jump right into it and break it down what do you see as the keys here uh, Fresno State offense and UNLV defense
1: yeah so you know UNLV is uh, an 0-3 team that suffered uh, a bit of an embarrassing loss to Eastern Washington uh, an FCS school to start the year um, but they're not going to be overwhelmed by the sheer sure fact that they're playing a top 25 team on Friday because they've already played two in a row uh, they didn't go very well they lost 37-10 at Arizona State and 48-3 to against Iowa State. And Fresno State is the third straight top 25 team they're going to see. Uh, UNLV is a 30-point underdog for the third straight week. So uh, you've got a Rebels team that's either going to uh, have a tough time <laughs> staying composed with uh, the barrage they've been facing lately, or you're going to have a team that's um, kind of, you know, you talk about when Fresno State plays that first game against Oregon, you kind of have to adjust to the speed and physicality. You know, UNLV is not going to have that problem. They've already seen it. They haven't fared well against it, but they're, they're going to be used to it by the time this game comes around. Um, defensively, uh, I mean, the Bulldogs should be able to attack in a variety of different ways. Uh, Arizona State really uh, pounded the ball against UNLV, ran for almost 300 yards. Iowa State was more of a passing attack. They threw for 309 yards and three touchdowns. Their starting quarterback only threw three incompletions. Uh, they've also had uh, their fair amount of success on the ground as well. So um, I think this is a game where Fresno State's offense can potentially, huh, excuse me, uh, they potentially get some big plays uh, and really has the opportunity to be balanced and maybe lean on Ronnie in the running game a little bit more if uh Jake's still recovering but i mean yeah this is just should be a, way, a game where the bulldogs can attack in a, a multitude of ways and um as long as again Jake's healthy and good to go uh the bulldogs shouldn't have a, m- much trouble putting quite a few points on this rebels defense
0: yeah it's a, it should be a, an easy one for this uh Fresno state offense to kind of get things going um and uh if if things go the way they should uh, then you probably see the backups by halftime. <laughs> um, but well, you know they still have to play the game in order to get there. So, uh, now Fresno State's defense matching up against uh UNLV's offense. Uh, and so what's your take on what to expect there uh, between these two uh, sides?
1: Yeah, uh, UNLV's quarterback situation is odd. Um, they had two different quarterbacks play against Arizona State. They had two different different quarterbacks play against Iowa State. <laughs> so they had four <laughs> different quarterbacks throw the ball over the last two weeks, and none of them have been able to stay in the game very long. Uh, they've got some stars as when you look at recruiting-wise. You've got Justin Rogers, who was a former four-star recruit at TCU. Uh, you've also got Tate Martell, who was at Ohio State. He was at Miami. Uh, now he's at UNLV. He was a four-star recruit and has uh, got a lot of publicity for his uh, recruiting process and his moves across the country. Uh, and if Martel was going to be some sort of savior at quarterback for the program, it looks like he's going to be hurt and he's not going to play in this game anyway. So the Bulldogs shouldn't have to worry about that. Um, you know, just overall quarterback position has been a bit of a mess and uh the one row weapon for the Rebels is their running back who Fresno State knows very well. It's Charles Williams from Bullard High School. He's been there since 2016 when he led the Rebels to a win over that Fresno State team that only won one game. Um, outside of that one, the Bulldogs have typically limited his, limited his production. Last year, Fresno State's defense specifically keyed in on stopping him, and it was enough for Fresno State to win that game. Uh, wasn't a blowout. It was by double digits. But um, what happened was the Bulldogs were so focused on stopping him that their not-running quarterback ran for well over 100 yards. And so that's going to be, you know, this defense, I think now that they've installed the scheme and they've improved at some key positions, they don't have those holes. They don't have to take their poison, so to speak. They're good enough to be well-rounded and kind of account for everything. So I think they're going to focus in on stopping the run first make UNLV one-dimensional and try to throw it like they did the UCLA because the Rebels just don't have the quarterback uh, to do that, to beat the Bulldogs in that way. So if um, you know, UNLV came in here in 2017 and pulled off a shocker, upset the Bulldogs after a big win at San Diego State, the Bulldogs are doing everything they can to make sure that doesn't happen here. Uh, and the way that UNLV did that one was they – just had the ball for a long drives at a time. They really just got ten yards at a time and made the game have so few possessions that they ended up um, winning that one by luck of uh, just scoring more often than the Bulldogs. But like I think both teams had eight possessions, so it was tough for anyone to get into a groove. Uh, new coaching staff at UNLV. They don't have that blueprint. They don't have the same players. I don't see the Fresno they having too big of a problem.
0: Yeah, so it's it should be a, a game a very winnable game for Fresno State, uh, depending on uh, you know just how much of a, a a hangover they have from that win against UNLV, um, they should come out and uh, firing on all cylinders and really taking care of uh, of UNLV here at home uh, at Bulldog Stadium. Uh, now, Jackson, I know you need to be taking off for the. Uh, Practice. uh, So, we're going to try and get you off of here so you can get going on that. Any final thoughts uh, on the Bulldogs and and what's happened this week so far?
1: Yeah, it's just been a a crazy week. I mean, a crazy game. It's sure exciting to cover that one and and have the barkboard staff there in full force. That was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, to see all the comments on the message boards has been awesome. Uh, And then if. you're listening and you're not a vip subscriber we are celebrating that big win with a bit of a, a sale right now right now it's slated to go till thursday at 9 p.m you can get a full year of Barkboard vip for 60 percent off uh that gets you 12 months at only three dollars and 58 cents per month i mean i think that's less than a, a big mac or a grande starbucks and all sorts of things that are, might be in your regular budget i mean that it, about as big of a discount as uh, we offer. So, uh, if you're interested, uh, I encourage you to go check that out. We've got some our behind-the-scenes uh, insights and notes and the snap counts from the UCLA game that we run for our VIP subscribers after each game, and our exclusive interviews from practice and all the other sorts of stuff we do, recruiting scoops and. Uh, game insights, practice reports, recruiting breakdowns between their Bulldogs and each opponent each week. So there's a ton of stuff that goes up there. And I mean, right now, more than ever, I'm sure a lot of people are looking for that Bulldog content. And if you're a Barkboard VIP subscriber, you're never going to run out. And if you do, you've got the message board to keep you entertained. So uh, we also have our VIP message board where uh, some insider discussion is uh, held off there between the inside red waivers. So just head to BarkBoard.com, and it's right there on the home page. It'll be up there till at least Thursday at 9, and um, you can get, set yourself up all the way to September of next year if you take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, it's an absolute deal, so head over to the BarkBoard now and, and take advantage of that to get all the latest news and information on Fresno State. And like many of our BarkBoarders have already mentioned, it's where the news gets their news. <laughs> we sometimes break news before the local media does. So if you uh, haven't done so already, head over to the Barkboard and get your premium subscription. If you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at uh, jacksonmore 247 You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. Uh, if you haven't done so already, head over to Facebook and, and give it a like. We post a lot of different things going on there, highlights and, and other stuff. Uh, So make sure you're a part of that community. And as always, be a part of our message boards at TheBarkBoard.com. And uh, for that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.